What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are looking at another random magic card here on Overthinking MTG, the show where we look at a random magic card and talk about it for at least 10 minutes. These are unscripted and unedited, so let me go ahead and hit that random card button. <laughs> Oh my, here we go. All right, we're in for a treat here, ladies and gentlemen, um, because we are looking at a forest. That's right, it's a forest. But not only is it a forest, it is a 7th edition forest um, that is illustrated by DJ Cleland Hurrah, um, which is actually a really lovely illustration. It looks kind of like a watercolor, and you see a babbling brook like running through um, some trees, and it's kind of this mossy, like pine grove kind of kind of vibe. It looks really peaceful, actually. It's the kind of place where I would love to just hook up a hammock between two of those trees and just sit back and just listen to the the that babbling brook just babble on by. That sounds truly lovely. So there's another thing about this forest that you might notice if you're looking at the video feed on YouTube. Um, it has a gold border. And this is an interesting little detail because gold-bordered cards are technically not tournament legal. Um, and you may wonder why. Like, wh what's the difference? It's a freaking forest. Why couldn't I just play this? Because the back is the same. As far as I know, the, with gold-bordered cards, the back is exactly identical to every other Magic card back. So it's not like... Um, yeah, so it's just... It's an interesting conundrum. Um, because with these gold-bordered... Let me take a step back. The reason that the gold border exists, and the border around magic cards is incredibly important for a number of different reasons. Um, for a long time, white border meant that it was a reprint. They changed that around so that white border meant core set. And then around 10th edition, they decided to never do white borders again because the entire community thought they looked terrible. Um, personally, I have a soft spot for them, but I'm weird. And very, you know, the 90% of players absolutely hate the white border. So they just did, did away with it completely. And so now everything has black border except the un. The you know, the unsets, the un, you know unglued, unstable, those have a silver border because they are designed to be a silly, wacky, off-the-beaten-path product that has its own meta, and none of that is allowed to exist within standard, historic, modern, any of that jazz. Um, and so they have a silver border to mark them as being out of bounds. Like, th these are silly side pieces that are not intended to be part of the main set. And the silver border is like a really iconic way that's very very straightforward, very easy to spot that, okay, this is not allowed. Now, the gold border, back in the early 2000s, they came out with a series of decks that were copies of World Championship decks. And so you could actually buy the 60-card deck or the 75-card deck with the sideboard and everything that won the World Championship that year. Uh, and they were, I think, 20 bucks or something like that. And as you can imagine, the card, the card value inside those boxes was insane they were like because some of the best cards in that had been printed in recent memory um, that were in the standard were in those decks because they were just all fantastic because i mean clearly they're good enough to win the world championship um so what they did was they put a gold border on those and so if you purchased a world championship deck you would be able to play it with your friends who didn't care and who per perhaps also bought a world championship deck. And then it'd be kind of fun because you could see who, you know, year over year, like which decks were stronger, which standards were stronger. Like, I don't know, there was a lot of like, cool stuff you could do with those decks. However, 
the gold border on all of the cards within those prepackaged championship decks was how the black bordered versions retained their value despite having these mass reprints effectively of the exact same cards. Um, and so as a result, people who bought these world championship decks couldn't just take it to their local FNM and just play the deck because they just weren't allowed to. And it's really arbitrary when you stop and think about it. But at the same time, it makes sense. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Wizards has completely and totally moved away from the world championship decks a long time ago. I don't believe these exist anywhere. However, you do see gold bordered cards out and in the wild from time to time, which, you know, that were kind of a relic of the, these, this age old product. Um, and one of the things that I've actually heard, um, I've heard people using gold-bordered cards in their commander decks, actually specifically for their lands. Uh, that way, when you hit like a Cultivate or crack a Sakura Tribelder to go search for a basic land, you can just flip through and it's very quick to spot the gold border so you can just quickly grab, you know, one, uh, grab a basic and toss it into play. Um, just, which is a cool use for that because otherwise it's just an awkward aesthetic that, devalues the card um yeah which is interesting and so if you're looking on you know tcg player or card kingdom or your merchant of choice a lot of the times you will see a black border or even a white border version of certain cards um, and they'll be going for 10 let's say you're looking at a 15 dollar card and there might be a gold bordered version that'll be going for eight you know, and there'll be a big banner on it that says not tournament legal. Now, if you're buying it for a modern deck that you're hoping to actually like, you know, take, you know, go somewhere with and like actually win some tournaments, then okay, that, that makes a difference. If you're buying it for commander, go for it. Get the gold border version. Like, cause I, I gotta be honest, who cares? Um, you know, when I'm playing, when I'm sitting down at a commander table, if somebody has a proxy, I don't care. It could be a it could be a garbage Xerox that they like just pasted on top of a basic land. And I will be totally cool with that. Like, I don't care as long as it's sleeved up and you can't tell the difference when you're shuffling who, and, and as, as well as I can tell, as long as I can tell what the card is supposed to be, you could even have a little hand drawn sketch on it. I really don't care as long as I can tell what it's supposed to be. So I know for me, when it comes to commander, uh, you know, there is generally this question of, okay, are proxies okay when it comes to commander? And even casual like legacy tables, um, I so in a world where proxies, if your playgroup is not okay with proxies, they probably aren't okay with gold borders as well. But if they are cool with proxies, then basically gold border is just it's like a step up from proxy. It's like proxy and a half, if you will. Um, and so I mean, it's fine. Like it is an official wizard's printing of the card. It's just marked so that it's devalued. Um, which the more I think about it, the more I realize that's just kind of sketchy. Like, I don't know. I don't, I didn't think much of it at the time. Cause like, okay, well these aren't the real cards. These are a mass market reprint. But then at the same time, why would mass market reprints not be viable? Like why did, why would they not be legal unless it is specifically to maintain the secondary market value? And so I can't help but wonder, there's this question that's circulating a lot right now of, are magic cards gambling and should they be treated legally as gambling and one of the ways that wizards has avoided that historically is by not acknowledging the secondary market you will never ever ever hear 
an official Wizards of the Coast employee talk about the monetary value of any individual card. You won't, because they will get fired immediately. That is a hard and fast rule. Wizards of the Coast does not acknowledge the secondary market. Um, fortunately, us uh, independent third-party folks who are out here doing it because we love it, um, we can talk about it all day. And it's interesting because right now, part of part of the concern that people have around the VIP boosters and the collector boosters and these super premium products is it's difficult to look at a booster pack that's worth a hundred dollars that is made up of the exact same cars you can get in a booster pack that's $17 and say that it's not worth that, that the individual cards don't have a specific value. Like it just doesn't jive. Um, also, like the fact that actually a better illustration of this is in Double Masters, you get two rares and the potential of I think two mythics. Like the the booster packs themselves are actually loaded with like high money cards, but the box the the price of a booster pack is seventeen dollars. Now a booster pack has fifteen little strips of cardboard that had that had special artwork printed on it, just like core sets, just like any of their expansion sets. However. They cost $17 because the cards within them are more valuable to the end user. But if the cards don't have value on the secondary market, how can you justify a more expensive price to the, you know, to the distributors for what is physically the exact same product? Um, and that's where things get interesting. And that's probably why Wizards did away with MSRP, the Manufactured Recommended Retail Value or whatever the acronym stands for. Um, that's probably why they did away with that. They don't have an official price that they're recommending merchants sell um, these products for anymore. And I have a feeling that that helps cover their behind a little bit on stuff like this. But I feel like the gold border was an early flirtation with that acknowledging the secondary market because this forest, okay, forest isn't a great example of it, but if we were to look at like, uh, I just, I don't know, like a necropotence that, you know, a card that's worth like all like a decent chunk of money that is relatively rare. If the moment you put a gold border on it, it still has the exact same artwork. It still theoretically does the exact same thing. It has all the same text, even the same flavor text. Like it is identical, except it has this awkward golden border on it. And it, with, if anything, we would associate gold with value. I mean, you, you would think it's worth more because it has a fancy, unique border, but no, it's actually worth far less because Wizard says it's worth far less. Um, and so I don't know how you can look at something like that and not think that's kind of flirting with the secondary market, just like the current uh, individual product prices are. So that's, I find that fascinating. Um, and to look at a gold bordered card in the current climate is really interesting. So I'm actually really glad of all the basic lands that we could be given right now. I'm really glad we saw the, the uh, gold bordered forest from seventh edition. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. This is, so I find the whole gold bordered thing an interesting situation but yeah the world championship decks that's a product from many many years ago and i just so happen to remember them from back in the day that's the only reason i know i know this i assure you this is completely random um anyway thank you so much for hanging out i appreciate you guys as i mentioned this is available on youtube as well as actually there's a new show a new series that i'm putting out once a week on saturdays called the rogue deck workshop it is available exclusively on youtube and i'm actually it's a show where i take a look at a deck idea and we build the deck together throughout over the course of about half hour, 40 minutes. Um, and it's taking an idea and turning it into a functional magic deck. Um, it's a first draft. So, you know, take it or leave it. And there are 
and I would love to hear your feedback on uh, on those. And that, the first two episodes are out as of this recording, so please go check that out. Um, and then you can also check me out over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate you, and I will catch you next time.